Somebody make a note. I want, for the broad, what is she like? Lilacs. Okay, a truckload of lilacs when the broad comes. And, and get something for Bob Berenger. Get him, what is he like? Bob Berenger? Bob, Bob Berenger's in this movie? That's correct. He's staying here, Bob Berenger's? Put something in his room, what is he like? 14-year-old girls. Well, get him something else. Let's try to get out of this town in one piece. Get him half a 28-year-old girl. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another edition of The Substandard brought to you by Casper Mattress. I'm Victor Mattis along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at our podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes are sometimes posted by Jonathan Last on Fridays at 11 a.m. at Weekly Standard. Com. I think we're moving to occasionally. Mm, okay. Occasionally. Uh, Why didn't you do it this yeah. week? Because Should I was be busy up. editing the show. Well, no. What was the real reason, though? What was the, what was the reason you stated on Twitter? Tell everyone. <laughs> I honestly don't remember. Don't, do you remember? Uh, not, no, you didn't see it? No. Because of, because of the results in the candy? Yeah, <laughs> but, but that turned around. I won. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. What? If you I, look at the poll now, what's the number? What's the number? I now? won. What? Really? Yes. <laughs> well, I haven't checked it. I'm going to check it right now because I don't necessarily. We're taping this on Tuesday. Yeah, so there's it, still, it is. There's still what? time left. We're taping this when? <laughs> All right. Okay. But, but the, well, answer is, the answer is no show notes. Uh, okay, no show notes. This week, notes. probably, okay. because I have too much work for my actual job. Do you, and you, uh, gentlemen, realize that uh, last week we passed our. W- one year episode, one year anniversary. Yeah, can you believe that? And, and you didn't even take me out to dinner. And uh, and this is our currently our fiftieth main episode. And two days ago was our twenty fifth micro. So there you go. What are we gonna do to mark the occasion? Uh, have a drink. We're having it right now. Yeah. Uh, see if this continues. Maybe Who we knows? can just stop. Yeah. Can we just maybe stop? Oh, okay. JVL, how are you doing? Okay, I'm a little bit better than I was last week. Was sick last week, had everybody sick in the house this weekend. And uh, but the good news is, even as I've been sick, I've been out running because of my new Apple Series Three Nike watch. Uh, having this four thousand dollar timepiece strapped to my wrist every morning has motivated me to get out. So here's what I've been doing. What I've been doing 4, is 4, what I've been doing is I've been leaving my house at about four thirty, and I leave. The key is this is the key: you just roll out of bed, pull on your workout clothes, get in the car, and drive to the office. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, then you have to work out. Yeah, because you got to get showered, you got to put on your grown-up clothes, and be dressed like a real person. That makes sense. And this way, when you get to the office, no matter how tired you are. And how grumpy you are about it, mm-hmm. you got to go and work out. Uh, and two, so I've been doing that. It's been two, great. I have two questions. Yeah. What time did you go to sleep? Last night, about 11.30. 11.30, and you got up at? 4.30 this morning. 4.30. Yeah. Uh, here's my question. Why don't you, instead of working out, watch Stranger Things? You know, we talked about on on, on Tuesday when think, we recorded and, the mini, and, and, and now Sunday, today I think, is Thursday. And Sunday, I think a lot of our and listeners you, like Stranger yeah, Things. Yeah, a lot of our listeners like Stranger Things. They would love to have an episode about it. We might get like 50 downloads 
this week instead of forty. Mary, uh, Mary, you know, Mary 30, Catherine is a big 30. fan. No, uh, but we, but, uh, but my, my, but instead of running for an hour, you could watch an episode of hmm. Stranger Things. I, as your life coach, you asked me for my recommendation on right. when to. I suppose I could watch Stranger Things. You could while watch it I was what, running yeah. on my phone. Do you know what I watched this morning? On your phone? On my phone. Spartan. Oh, that's a great one. That movie's really so good. I don't know how it had escaped me and. Man, that movie's awesome. I'm a you've sucker never for seen it? No, never oh, seen you've it. Never seen it. Oh, it's great. Val Kilmer's Val great Kilmer's in it. Fantastic. It's, it's like his low key best. Clark Gregg is great. Every everybody is great. Uh, yeah. well, that's really great. Wait, so you watched it on your phone? Yeah, yeah. Or on your watch? On my phone, because my watch, while it is amazing uh-huh. and it no longer yet. trolls no. me, uh, it does not have the capability to show me video yet. I'm assuming that's coming get, in. An but update. you can get Netflix on your phone. Sure. Yeah, you can watch you can watch Stranger Things on your phone every morning while you're running. You can multitask. So you think I should multitask. watch Stranger Things? So my running viewing should be Stranger Things. I don't see how that's any different than Spartan. Well, Spartan is Mostly I would say the visual. miles fly by with a good movie like Spartan. You got to have a good movie. Like I could not watch the documentary Helvetica about the origins of the typeface Helvetica while on the treadmill because I would want to die. <laughs> Right. I mean, you need, you need, when you are running, yeah. right, in the same way, like certain types of music work well and certain podcasts work yeah. really well. I mean, I think, certain audiobooks well, work I, really how, well. How, uh, how important is audio when you're running, watching a movie in terms of dialogue? Are you, are you, uh, do, you, uh, do you end up having to say, well, I might not catch everything they say, but it won't be important in this movie? I'm not an old person, Vic. My hearing is quite good. Okay. All I, right. So I you hear... can hear it while you're running and the machine's going on. And well, you I have, have headphones. Thick. Earbuds or no? I wear you wear the headphones. whole the full thing, the full big thing. Or no, no, I have sp- the PLB Sport Fit. They're very good. Uh, oh, They're really? good Bluetooth headphones. Okay. They are for people who are runners who like to run and mm-hmm. want wireless headphones. Mm-hmm. I would say these are probably the best thing you can get for under 100 bucks. Are they like earbuds? Do they just go right in? Or? No, they're sort of, they have l- plastic loops ah. that go around. It's a hip hook on your ears. To yeah, hook over yeah. the ears to stick in it. Because earbuds for me, like when I start jostling up and down, they fall right out. Mm-hmm. There's, no, mm-hmm. there's no stability Same there. thing for me when I have earbuds on and I'm just like sitting here. They'll just fall out of my ears. <laughs> so uh, anyway. I thought the gravity of your head would keep them yeah, in, keep them like, sucked in. Like, 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 moons. Right. The I have, moons. No, but if you ever see my, my ears are like, uh, uh, you know, what's his name from the Goonies? Uh, Chunk. <laughs> no, everyone says it's Chuck. Chuck is the fat kid. What is the name of the, the brother? Sloth. <laughs> oh, sloth. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it fits the same. It's, you might as well fit it into Sloth's ear. Um, so you think I should watch Stranger Things <laughs> yeah. starting If, if audio is not an issue for you, then yeah. yeah, go for it. All right. Well, if you want to plan a Stranger Things episode, oh I could gosh. I could try to do one of yeah. those in a couple we'll of weeks. If, if, you, if, one, you, people wanna, if you people want to hear it, you better, you better share yeah. this episode mm-hmm. and tell, tell Vic and JVL and myself mm-hmm. that you want to you hear it. Mention it on Facebook. Yep. If you don't like our Facebook page, they're going to take away this show. That's what I've heard. Uh, yeah. Sonny, how are you doing? I'm great, I guess. I don't know. I'm fine. Uh, what is your? What did your daughter dress <laughs> up as for Halloween? Uh, she went as a cat. We got one of those, like, you know. Well, so she actually did her trick-or-treating on Saturday. Uh, did she do trunk or treat? I don't know what that is. Yeah, me neither. What's trunk or treat? I don't know. It's something everybody does in the suburbs, and I think it's vaguely 
church related, but I've never done it myself. I don't want to do it myself. It sounds horrifying. No, well, so we live and in we live in like a little subdivision that is kind of surrounded on all sides by old folks' homes. So nobody comes to us. Like oh, nobody you comes them. to They're our easy marks. Nobody comes to our. Well, shut up. I don't want them to find out. <laughs> take uh, Katie. Be like, all right, go knock her down. Yeah, just take her person. Get once the candy in the knee. In it. Uh, their hips are very delicate. <laughs> if you just touch the them and they fall over. I mean, the, they're very delicate. The hips, they're instant, very, they're very, they're, they don't have very good balance. You you stay away from the ones with the walkers because they have multiple mm-hmm. points of contact on the ground. <laughs> when you're assaulting the old down. people, harder to put down. Uh, no, we did our we did our trick or treating on Saturday, uh, and she dressed as a cat. Like a, she had like a cat costume. She really likes cats, which is odd because we don't have a cat. We have a dog. But. And you brought her to the office, and I was. We brought her to the she office. She was adorable, yeah. and she's in adorable mode now. So you know, there's usually you know kids go through these modes of you know I only want to be with mommy and or daddy or whatever, stay away, strangers, the whole thing. Now she's in adorable mode, and she comes over. She comes to the office. I said, "Look at you!" She walks up to me, arms stretched out, just yeah. giving random giant-headed <laughs> monsters <laughs> hugs. It's I, terrifying I, as a father. I, I, Is she I, three now? Or she's, two. She's two. She's two, she's but two. she's getting heavy, and I carried her around, and it was great. And she's talking. It was. I miss that. I miss. I miss that. That that stage. Yeah, you know? it's pretty. It's pretty great. Car- if you want, <laughs> I could offload one of mine to you for however long to experience you. the joy. Yes. Okay. Well, is there is there a return policy? <laughs> no, I'm saying oh. just just as a lease. Oh, oh okay. A, not, okay. Not for okay. forever. I mean, you can't have Cordelia, obviously, <laughs> but you can have one of the other ones. Uh, yes, and it Good. was it was great. It was like we did like a little neighborhood walk around. You go from like like I don't know ten of the houses sign up, yeah, about candy or whatever, and then there was a little potluck afterwards. It was fine. Very it was nice. fine. But the 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 trouble with this was that Katie missed one of her other friend's birthday party, mm-hmm. and she didn't realize that she had to make this decision. So like for the week before it, she kept saying Sophie's choice for the, for the week before it, she kept saying. Charlotte's birthday party, Charlotte's, and we were like, yeah, yeah, on Saturday, on Saturday, because we had also forgotten that the the trick or treating was happening, and then it started happening, and we were like, oh no, oh, and we thought, oh, maybe she'll just forget, maybe she'll, uh, no, no, immediately after the trick or treating was open, over, she said, Charlotte's birthday, Charlotte's, birthday. and you were like, and we were like, uh, well, we'll 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 have to get together. I think they had to delay that because uh, the weather. Uh, well, yeah, Charlotte's birthday's closed. <laughs> that's what we. That's what <laughs> that's we tell. Way to put that's it. That's what. So we also this weekend went to Chuck E. Cheese, uh, which on is the weekend on <laughs> on a Sunday morning at like ten forty five. How bad is it then? It's not great. I mean, it's just crowded. It's fine. It's like, but it's not as crowded as it could be because it was again. It was like Sunday at eleven in the morning. Um, all uh, of my Chuck E. Cheese time takes place between 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. on weekdays. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to go like Monday or Tuesday the, or Wednesday. One time we have ever walked into a Chuck E. Cheese on the weekend, we literally, so I had, I had the three kids myself, so I had like one of them in the backpack and one of them in the front pack and Cody was walking. We walked into Chuck E. Cheese, turned around and walked out. Yeah. It was just. I mean, it's a, it, it, we, so again, we were there at 11 and already all of the like, long tables in front of the tray or in front of the stage you know were were reserved for birthday parties Mm -hmm. and there were kids running around everywhere it was it was it was pretty crazy but it was also but the reason we 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 went there is because she started saying go to Chuck E. Cheese and we Mm -hmm. had been telling her that it was closed for weeks like no Chuck E. Cheese is closed now sorry inspector closed it (laughs) sorry Chuck E. Cheese is closed uh it's a great excuse with kids you just tell them something oh sorry park's closed (laughs) park's closed can't go there 
and they're like, oh, that's too yeah. bad. And then they start saying something else that you have to tell them is closed. So yeah. anyway, that was my weekend lying to my child and, you know, that's uh, good. trick or treating some. Uh, f- my weekend. It's time for another edition of Woodshop Update. This is the Did part you get the picture for me? Cue the sound effect. Oh, no, we don't have that Womp. yet. Womp. <laughs> But you know what? I think some of our listeners are actually are interested in Woodshop Update. I forgot to take a picture of the birdhouse, but I do have a picture of me using the bandsaw. You used a bandsaw? Oh, my gosh. It was, that, that turns out to be my, uh, that I'm really good at that. I'm very adept. And in fact, the instructor said, wow, you're really good. And I just, you know, I'm able to carve, because, you know, we had to cover like the side, the wall, the feeder, and I'd been having problems using the other mm, implements. And so I thought just, you know, the bandsaw is just better. And then after I did that uh, and get it close enough to the pencil mark, then Michael takes it over to the sander and we get it just right. And uh, but there's so a lot a of specialists. I'm trying to be yes, a specialist. specialist. I have heard, however, uh, that uh, of all the different um, wood machine related injuries, bandsaw is one of the most common. Uh, and I, be, I mean, that thing, it's an oblong. It's weird. If you if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, it's an oblong razor. Sonny, you know about the bandsaws, right? And it, it goes and it's <laughs> on a only motor. we had Facebook Live right That was right a great now. photo. That was a great uh, visual of Sonny raising his oh, glass. Oh, what these people are missing. Yes. Um, and so that was great. Uh, Let I, me see the picture. Oh, uh, yes. And uh, the uh, table saw. So I had uh, uh, used the table saw several times and they let Michael use the table saw. Wow. But that was pretty intense for him. I don't know if he, I mean, he liked the idea of it, but um, at the same time, here you go. Here's a photo. <laughs> and there's look a little video. Look at you. Yeah, that, yeah look at me. Uh, uh, but table saw can be unnerving, and you mentioned this about being very careful. It's nice. You're wearing a nice little gingham plaid. Y- yes. Very butch. Right. I know, right? Very, very butch. And you won't believe what I was wearing for pants. <laughs> were, were you? <laughs> My prana. Oh, uh, your axioms. Axiom. Yeah, I said See, I got to wear jeans. I thought you would go cargo shorts, so you would have. Like, I did. It's getting place colder. To put your to put put your tape measure. I normally pencils. I normally do, but of course, you, as you know, the Prada jeans have deep pockets, so uh, really it was very it, comfortable, and I felt good uh, doing my. Oh, hey, this is after you cooked your Hello Fresh meal, isn't it? Uh, that is that is. I didn't I didn't use that for Twitter. So hold on, there's some other photos you don't need to see them. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so I, I did that, uh, but again, you have to be careful with the handsaw, and we were actually making the sides. Uh, uh, for the bird freighter, which are not glass but acrylic, and I ran it through. This is a bird mansion. Yes, and it buckled a little bit when I ran it through the bu- the handsaw, and the table saw rather, and not the handsaw, the table saw, and and then a chip flew out like shrapnel, and that was crazy. Who did it get? Uh, luckily, nobody. But Michael picked it up. Your own personal Vietnam. I did. <laughs> you know, some some people the Vietnam was their eighties. You know, dating women, and uh, my personal Vietnam was in the uh, wood shop. Shop class. Shop class. And running it, by the way, the table saw. So my son does it, and at the very moment he's running it through is the very moment I thought, he should be wearing goggles because- You're letting him do this without I wearing goggles? Why aren't you wearing, wearing goggles? Without wearing Jesus goggles. Christ. I forgot, and- Even Sunny And a little bit of sawdust. A little bit of sawdust got in his eye. Where is CPS? <laughs> this is the child abuse. Yes, and a little bit of sawdust got in his eye, then I was like, are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And for a moment, I thought he wasn't, and it was going to tear up, and it, it cleared up. We could, I said, get the goggles. So we got the goggles. We're fine. We do you have to roof. bring your own goggles, or do they have no? They there? bring they, they, everything is there. For so it's using. not like it's not like you forgot the goggles. You oh. left them at home. You just no, no, chose no. not to wear the ones that I were provided. F- I to forgot. You. I'm s- communal goggles. 
<laughs> well, they're, 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 well, the well, the giant glasses, the plastic. You won't even well, use the glasses. JBL, the obviously, no, obviously, if you were doing this class, you would go to the uh, boutique goggle store to get the ones with the breathing vents on the side, so it wouldn't fog up at all. I use safety glasses, not goggles. Biometrics. I like the ones that are the, with the slight yellow tint because yes. you can see better, you see your marks better. That's what I have. You want the soft rubber nose pieces, and then the soft uh, you know arms it's like, around the. It's like the guys. It's like the guy working. We got to figure out. We got to figure yeah. out who makes those so we can become a yes. brand ambassador yeah. for that too. That would be great. It's like husky or something mm-hmm. like that. It's but like, it's, it's, believe me, it's I like what this, these are not my people. <laughs> it's like what they're wearing in there's certain scenes in Heat, where people wear stuff like this. You know, they go to the giant warehouse to buy their hardware and their weapons, yeah. and the guys are there and. Uh, they got stuff the explosives. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. In Arizona, right? In Arizona. Where they went to Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, they went to that. Okay. You can buy it with a driver's license in Arizona, <laughs> Nevada. Uh, okay, we need to do a uh, a recap of uh, one of the most outrageously popular episodes we've ever done. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. I, I that's not even a transition. Candy. It's no, not it's even not. a pun. It's not. I don't even know what that I, was. The candy draft recap, and we had some big news here. I can't believe this. Are you sure about this? No, JVL? Vic, he's a liar. He's he oh, lost, yeah. and he was he was whipped. I won. He was whooped. Mm, if you think about it, I kind of won. No, I. You think about it, you lost. Are you gonna you gonna play the? Oh, you have more followers than me, so you got more votes. Is that what you're gonna play? No, you gonna I play won. the percentages. He oh, he played I that won. already. Yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, by what number? Did the only really the only it was like thing an overnight we missed. Yeah, the only thing we missed. We drafted, but we didn't really review candy. Uh, if only we. I, oh, had, <laughs> no! Well, am I jumping the gun? No, you could do it. That's fine. If we're done, uh, you've if, if you're done with your uh, other thoughts on uh, on, uh, I, on candy. I mean, I've been looking forward to this okay. for like four well, days. It's actually, you know what I, I heard. Well, you what know. the what the hell is going on right now? Well, you it know, sounds uh, like you guys are doing a two yes, two man show no, here. It, I don't. It turned, our friend Gene had listened to the candy draft, ah. and he just felt left out, and he had his own top ten. Oh, okay. Uh, and so he wanted to uh, just share Perfect. his thoughts. Is that okay? Perfect. Please. Okay, well, here we go. Gene, comes. come on in. Oh, look, Vic's gone. Bye, Vic. Happy Halloween. Well, JVL, I guess congratulations to you on your sweet victory. Sonny thought it was in the bag. But poor Vic, talk about candy crushed. Here's my draft picks, and I'm surprised nobody took these because these are the best picks ever. Ten. Number ten. In the spirit of Sonny Bunch's anything king size, number ten, anything by Brax Hard Candies. They're sweet, choking hazards. It's exciting. Number nine, Charleston Chew. You could do the Charleston and eat it too. I'm sorry, what is Charleston Chew? I don't even know what that There's is. There's a little marshmallow and chocolate inside. It's chewy like a taffy. It's like Easter in Halloween. So it's not like chewing tobacco, because that's what no. I imagine when you say Charleston no, Chew. No, not at all, Sonny, not at all. Number eight, Zagnut. But it's kind of hard to find. Uh, a, pro- uh, a suitable substitute would have been Clark's. Number seven, sun-made raisins. Oh. Who doesn't love who? Who doesn't love sun-made raisins? Right, Sonny? Uh, Do you like it? I uh, hate it. Bad. You say one more bad thing about sun-made, and I'll be raisin hell. <laughs> Number six, Necco wafers. Oh. <laughs> 
for when you want something that doesn't taste like anything at all. <laughs> Number five, the candy bracelet made in China. <laughs> Always tasty. Why does it have to be made in China? Because if you look at it, it is. <laughs> Number four, good and plenty. Oh. Not to be confused with rat poison pellets. <laughs> okay. Number three, payday. Because some people have chocolate allergies, so it's purely peanuts. And I guess no one is allergic to peanuts. Number two, dots. Oh. The assorted fruit-flavored gumdrops, an easy way to remove fillings, caps, and crowns. Chew on that. Mm. And number one, black licorice. <laughs> How come you taste so good? Seriously, once you go black licorice, well, gotta go. Oh, bye, bye, Gene. Bye, Gene. I, yeah, it is. So we we did totally ignore the licorice family. Yeah, like Twizzlers. there were no there were Twizzlers. no Twizzlers. No, no like uh, what are the? I had red vines on my list. Red vines. Ah, oh, red vines. You did. Uh, I did. I didn't draft them, but they I'm, were there on the I'm, board. And I'm glad that we ignored those because they're trash. Because Twizzlers taste like wax. Red vines are better. I think a little bit, but they still have. They still have. Isn't, like, wasn't it a thing for you where you'd bite the two ends off the Twizzler and then drink your Dr Pepper through it as a straw? <laughs> That's the thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what we did. That it was like a. I would say there was one year around age twelve that was like, holy, what that was the thing to do. do? And nothing, so cool. and nothing bad happened. It's not like Pop Rocks and Coca Cola. No, I don't think so. Yeah, right. If you, what your stomach didn't explode. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you remember when Pop Rocks disappeared for a few years because of that? Because of the lawsuits. Or so I was told. Right. Well, and this is the thing. And these were rumors that you couldn't control because there was no internet. There was no way to stop people oh, yeah. from spreading oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if there's anything we know about the internet is that it's great at stopping people from spreading horrendous bullshit. Oh, it's That's so like the great. number one use of the internet is to put a tamp down all those rumors and off. I mean, come on. Garbage invention is going to destroy all of us. <laughs> Thank God for the internet. So can, can I ask one candy yes. question sure. of you guys? Uh, sure. I was surprised that none of us drafted gum in any form. Double bubble. Uh, Double bubble was on my list. But my question for you Definitely is- Definitely not bazooka. You're going to break your teeth on that. What is- With or without your, the comic strip. Are you guys gum guys? And if so, what is the greatest of all the gums? What is the Cadillac of gums? Okay. First of all, do not be fooled. By uh, those um, fruit stripes, the one that had like a zebra mm. was on the cover because there's so many different amazing flavors and amazing colors. The only way to make fruit strips last, I think, is if you put like five at the same time. Yeah. And then you have a party, and that party will last for exactly five minutes. Yep. And then there's nothing left in your mouth. My favorite growing up was like bubblicious grape or watermelon. I believe it's pure. So you like the really soft oh, and get a big bubble, bubble going. I like to get a. I I like to blow the big bubble. Okay. Yeah, Sonny. Uh, well, you know, you know how in like um, at baseball games in the dugouts, the teams would have like the Are big you say big league du- chew. No, no, not the big league chew. Although I did love big league chew. I, really, I, I love big oh, league chew. But like the, I'm, the double bubble, right? That's like the pink, like the it's about this big. And yeah, like, yeah, it's about your ridges. That's like your classic yeah, yeah. pink bubble gum. Love it. I I would eat I would eat like a hundred pieces of big chew in a baseball game, and just I would just put it I would just put it down. Uh, I was definitely a big gum chewer in high school, like up up until college, and then when I was in college, I kind of stopped because I didn't have it around, um, and wouldn't like make. I mean, like yeah. uh, in the like pantheon of priorities of things in college, like anything that doesn't have alcohol kind mm-hmm. of quickly falls to the wayside. So okay, uh, JVL. 
I was never a gum guy because oh. I had braces for like seven years and couldn't chew gum. That's but when I did, the, the only gum I, I liked, the Gatorade gum, Gator gum. Wow, I never had that. Uh, it's gone now, okay. but Gator gum was Did it great. have electrolytes in it? Did well, you chew what you it? Need. Were you supposed to chew it it's when you were like running? Yeah, or something like that. Have you, have you seen the new Gatorade commercials? They're great. So during the World Series, there's been a lot of Gatorade commercials, and they, the, 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 whatever the the proof whatever the advertising thing the, the setup for them is you know all of these young high school aged athletes and it's you know you think you're working hard well he's working hard too you think you have all the desire he's got the desire too and what is it that's going to separate you from that guy over there who wants to take your glory electrolytes electrolytes <laughs> I mean, I, that's what yeah. that's what plants crave. They, they say that it is. It's it. The the uh, the slug on it is something like you know, victory is measured in ounces or something. And it's like you know, you got to drink more ounces of your electrolytes to yeah. win. Yeah. Because you can't win without the electrolytes, mm-hmm. and so you have to drink more electrolytes than that guy over there, and that's how you get victory. It's amazing. That's perfect. It it really that really is perfect. Uh, that is like I, I am kind of shocked at how uh, uh, ubiquitous advertising for sports drinks are when all they are just, it's just calories. Uh, and my favorite thing is if you ever look at like a, a package of a Powerade or Gatorade or something like that, it has like the little the little it says calories and then in parentheses it says energy. energy. And I'm just like ah oh, that's good marketing because that's it's true. Good, yeah, in, this is interesting because in Germany. Instead, when you look at the um, nutrition info, that doesn't the word for they don't use calories; they use energy. That's what they say. They call it energy. How many units of energy is this? How many units of energy? That's I mean, it, look, man. that's great. Look, everyone needs two thousand units of energy every day. <laughs> oh, let me. Some show of you us guys. get like five thousand. Oh, you know great. what? I was going to say. Yeah. I thought it was five thousand. More energy, better. Mm-hmm. The more energy, the, the better. Oh, Gator, gator gum. gum. There it is. Gator okay. Gum. Mm. All right. You know, I I found it easier to buy into the Gatorade cult back when it tasted like piss. Because mm. that, I mean, the original Gatorade, which only came in like two flavors, the orange or the lemon yeah. lime. The yellow. Which is orange, orange and yellow. Well, that yeah. actually looked and like. so you could tell yourself, this is when we were like yep. 10 or 11 yep. years yep. old, this well, God, it must be good for you because otherwise, why would anybody drink this? Oh, it's man. So totally. horrible. Totally. Right. When I was in middle school, there was actually, there was a Gatorade machine in our, in my, in my Florida middle school that had like cans of either the yellow or the orange. And after I would go out and do like a hard, you know, like two mile run or whatever, I'd come. You'd need sweat, electrolytes. I, oh, you I need a run. I need electrolytes. I, I did a two mile run. You need, the, you need the electrolytes because that's what that's what yeah that's what you yeah. need. Yeah. And later and it, it did taste like piss. Yeah. It was. And here's a, here's a question for you guys. You're all tennis fans over here. Maybe you'll know the answer. What was the name of that for the longest time? The only beverage allowed on court at Wimbledon. What was it? It was like a mixture. It was a powdered mix, wasn't it, of like a lemon lime. Our listeners will know about it. And they used to say, the players used to say they hated it all the time. It was kind of like this. And that was the only one that they allowed on court. And then they would interview players and they say it tasted terrible, but if that's the only thing that they had, then that's what they had. And I imagine that that also probably provided energy. 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 Nutrients. The electrolytes. For for Andy. That's what uh, you need. Andy Murray. Maybe that's the problem was that he was drinking too much of that. Um, okay. Uh, I Well, I guess we could uh, move on. We should just note for the record that I did win the candy draft decisively. Well, I'm going to have to uh, go back. And, I can't believe I, this. I, won the, this I, won, I decisively won the candy mm, draft via really. the votes of our listeners. You know, if you think about it, 
No. Uh, I'm actually the one who won. No one actually thinks that, though. We had no a great won. listener who pointed out if that anyone if, won, if anyone won that wasn't me, it was Vic. Don't get so upset yeah, about it. Because if you look, Vic, who look, is popular? Which, who got, who got which 8% candies, of the vote? Which Vic, candies? He's the real winner here. I stick, to my, I stick to my principles. I never change, you know? Some people waver between chocolate and sugar seven times in their lives. You go back and forth, you know? And, and you just want chocolate and peanuts. That's yeah, all you want. That's all I want. Yeah, hey, Sonny, you... Uh, you like to grab those candies by the wrapper. It sounds like you just need a good night's <laughs> sleep, Sonny. Does it? Am I a little yeah. bit cranky? Maybe you should get a Casper mattress. Casper is a sleep brand that created an outrageously comfortable mattress and sold it directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house, has a sleek design, and is delivered in a small how-did-they-do-that-sized box. In addition to the mattress, Casper also offers an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. The mattress industry has forced consumers into paying notoriously high markups. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines supportive memory foams for a sleep service that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering you're going to spend a third of your life on this thing. Look, the Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress. It comes at a shockingly fair price. The product design features a marriage between the foam layers for ideal firmness. Just the right sink and just the right bounce. It has an affordable price because Casper sells it directly to consumers with free shipping and free returns to the U.S. and Canada. It has a 100-night trial, a free no-hassle return if you're not happy, and with over 20,000 reviews and an average of 4.8 stars, it's quickly becoming the Internet's favorite mattress. Casper is designed, developed, and assembled in the good old US of A. Now, we have a special offer to listeners of the show. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash substandard and using the promo code substandard at checkout. That's casper.com slash substandard and use promo code substandard at checkout for $50 off. Terms and conditions may apply. How's that for a read, boys? That was wonderful. Workmanlike? Absolutely. Professional. What a, what a we are actually boat. in the market for a new mattress. Oh, okay. The wife and I. Well, there you go. Now might be. I'm the just time. saying we've got mm-hmm. we've got two eyes on Casper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe you guys still sleep on a queen size. Uh, I can't either because we have a lot. The queen size is fine for us, but when you have m- more than one child coming to hop into bed with you, oh. yeah. the queen size is suddenly yeah, shockingly yeah. inadequate. Well, I, I like, uh, I remember when Beth and I got our place, uh, the first thing we got was a king size bed. Yeah. We, like, so we have a king size at the beach house and that's, mm-hmm. and it is a delight. That's crazy. My wife and I use a twin. Believe me, it fits fine. <laughs> do you yeah, use one does. of the like? 50s? Where'd your head do go? You use, do you use Do you use one of the like fifty style ones that like separate, <laughs> like on the on the sitcoms? Yes, you know, you can. Yes, like, yes, that's right. You can't have separate. anybody in the, oh, in no, the same bed together. Well, they're not. They're not connected. They're not connected. Sure. At all. At all. Sure. Well, well, that's what. Why? Why would they be? 
Oh, oh I'm remembering wait, something, yeah, oh, Victorino. Really, I'm remembering what? something. I'm, uh, I'm really terrified about this one. Nope. No, it's too, too, too hot wow, for the show. that is really scary. I'm just too hot for the show. you guys okay. shared a twin-size bed I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, convention, and I think, possibly. I don't remember, and a... that's the problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, uh, speaking of mattresses, Jigsaw took the top spot <laughs> with, 16, <laughs> with $16 million shouldn't at we, the box should, office. Shouldn't you have done your, uh, your, your handyman update or whatever? Oh, I did that With the right. Jigsaw. Oh, speaking oh, you of you missed opportunities. You could have transitioned Let's to edit. the Jigsaw. Okay, here we go. God. We're editing that out. We're editing it out. Here we go again. Speaking of Woodshop, Jigsaw <laughs> took the top spot with $16 million, followed by Tyler Perry's Boo 2, a media, a media Halloween, Media, sorry, uh, with $10 million. And, a media uh, Halloween. Media. It was the spookiness <laughs> was of the mainstream media. Well, That's what of, scared I, all I, of the viewers. I, I was thinking of Greek tragedy. In third place was Geostorm. Talk about a natural, talk about a disaster film. Go on. Uh, $5.7 million uh, on a $120 million budget. No, it did better than that. It did, did better than $5.7 million. Okay. You you copied the wrong number. I did box office mojo that, I think that's yesterday. Just, I think that's just Friday, or maybe oh, it's just really? Monday. I'll effort it. Were you looking at Monday? Just keep talking. I will effort it. All the way down in ninth place was Suburbicon. Yep. But I guess it hasn't been released in many oh, theaters? Oh. What? Oh, no. What? What? Oh, no. Higher? Vic was right. Ooh, $5.9 million for the opening oh. weekend. For the weekend for Geostorm? <laughs> October 27 to 29, 5.9. Oh, that is a disaster. No, it's the second weekend. It's the second, second weekend. weekend. Oh, is that oh, the yeah, second weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Around for two. Okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. That's why I was that's confused. Right. I was like, that's no, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Suburbicon, this is only its first week. This is Suburbicon's yeah. But it has, it's not like a wide release, it's not 3,000, 4,000 no, theaters. No, it's in like 2,500 theaters, yeah, right? Okay, so it, it did about 2.8. points. It's 7 million. Oh, okay. So let's oh, not way. get 13 points up. Yeah, okay. Can you, can, you go back to, can you go back to the weekend chart? This yeah. weekend or last weekend? This weekend. This weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suburbicon's in 2,000 theaters. I mean, okay, not, yeah. yeah. Did about 2.8. 2.8 million. Sonny, you saw some. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's is bad. this like Marvelous. golf with lowest score? It's bad. Or yes, no. It's great if it opened in one theater. Yeah. Uh, it didn't just get $2.8 million at the box office. It also did something like 26% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. uh, where I am. Oh. And accredited. Are, do you know any critics? I'm on, I'm on, rotten, on rotten Tomatoes. I'm on Rotten Tomatoes. What is this uh, one? I never knew that. I know it's, it's what? Kind of a, it's, I know it's, it comes as a surprise. Um, I'm, an, I'm an extremely well respected and beloved film critic. In America, um, uh, and it also did a D minus cinema score, oh. which is oof, you got to try hard to to get a D minus. And they did try hard. Let me tell you how you get a D minus cinema score, or how you get say an F cinema score, as Mother did earlier in the year. Cinema score measures solely. This is the only thing it's measuring how well you meet audience expectations. And the way you get a D or an F from CinemaScore is by lying to audiences in your ad campaigns, <laughs> by telling them that they're getting something else. So if you market, say, Drive as a Fast and Furious-style action-adventure movie with you know charismatic lead performances and kind of some humor from Brian Cranston and that sort of thing, you're going to get shattered by audiences on CinemaScore because they are going to hate you because you lied to them because that's not what the movie is. It's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I love Drive. Drive's a great movie, uh, but it is not the movie that it was advertised as. 
this is the same thing that happened to Mother. Mother was kind of sold as a horror film. It was sold as a, a like a spooky, we're going to scare you and it's haunted house kind of maybe. Maybe it's like Rosemary's Baby. Who's no, who knows really what's going on here? And it was not that movie at all. It was a, it was a much different kind of biblical allegory uh, sort of thing. And, and audiences hated it. Got an F. The reason that Suburbicon gets a D- is because, I, I would say two reasons. Number one, the advertising campaign gives away almost the entirety of the the plot. Like the things you see in the the trailers for this movie, it's like the whole second and third act. It's actually like I was actually kind of stunned when I was watching it happen because I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen next. I know what's going to happen next. This is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. Then this is going to. Uh, well, holy shit! It's this is literally what's it, and and um, that's bad. That's bad, but it's not terrible uh, cinema score wise the reason why it got killed on cinema score is because the the first act of the movie is all about how uh, this place suburbicon can't handle the fact that a uh, black family has moved in because you know the suburbs are racist and yeah. bad yeah <sighs> and filled with filled with terrible people who are bigots and just want to be around white bread folks like them and so this black family moves in and there are town meetings and then as the movie progresses there are these crowds that surround the house and shout it down and then towards the end of the film there's a riot all the white folks riot and uh, break into the house and throw a confederate flag so what you have been promised is kind of a Coen Brothers-esque um, dark comic thriller crime type movie something like uh i i don't even know like a blood simple crossed with the man who wasn't there maybe i don't something something in that vein and instead what you get is this ham-handed george clooney directed movie uh that is about uh racial bigotry and oppression and uh, and 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 how the suburbs are terrible and awful. And also, uh, we're going to show you all the things that happen in the movie in the trip. It was such a horrible, uh, such a horribly marketed movie that I'm not surprised a nobody went to go see it, and b that the people who did see it hated it um, because it is not a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's like mm-hmm. you you remember when that that woman like tried to touch up the painting of Jesus? Echeomo. Yes. Yeah. And and she did such a horrible job of it. It looked like a like a, a, a child, a, like a I, like a child had taken a crayon and drawn. That is basically uh, what we have here. This is the George Clooney child's crayon drawing of a Coen Brothers movie. It is not funny, um, and not only is it not funny, it is kind of ham-handed and ham-fisted in this sort of uh, preachy, angry way that George Clooney is. He's such a smug. Um, uh, uh, prick, really, when it comes to when it comes to how great Hollywood is compared to the rest of the the country and how advanced it is and how how you know oh Hollywood was giving awards I mean, to, McDaniel. to Hattie McDaniel you know when the rest of the country was making black people sit in the the backs of theaters of course she herself was sitting in the back of the like uh, nightclub or wherever where they accepted the 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 Oscars because uh, she was in a non-integrated hotel in Los Angeles yeah. in the 1940s. It really right. in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, how could that be? Anyway, uh, this movie is it's it's atrocious on a number of levels. Just artistically, it's not very good, and uh, what it promises, it doesn't deliver. And uh, the only thing I liked about it, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac has a natural term that will break through any. Uh, nonsense is director slap on him. Uh, so I, you know, don't go see it. Uh, not that you will, because nobody is, and uh, you know, you'll be uh, you'll be happier for it. 
Uh, I remember the first time I saw Oscar Isaac ever was in that uh, Ryan Gosling movie. I think drive. It was, it was drive. drive. Yeah, right. he was in Drive. He and was he's the, a gang yeah. guy. He comes out of prison. He comes yeah. out of prison and he's trying to get get straight with the mob and yeah. they set him up and they And I did not like him, but in the sense that he was so convincingly somebody I mean he played it so well that oh, I Oh he's did not, perfect. Yeah. He's also great in Sucker Punch. He's oh. he's like he runs the mental hospital in Sucker Punch. If if you mm. have yet to pick mm. up the Blu ray director's cut of Sucker Punch, it's available for ten dollars or so on Amazon. You should buy it. Should definitely buy. He's great as the like head of the museum. He like okay. kind of is the yeah. yeah. And of course, Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis. Yeah. yeah. When Gabriel. is George Clooney's all access pass to Hollywood going to be revoked? I don't know what that means. So George you mean Clooney because of his can do connection. whatever he wants because he's George Clooney and he's a movie star. And so if he wants to make a picture, it gets made. If he wants to direct a picture, he can do that. He has never directed a successful movie. Uh, well, we should qualify that and say commercially successful because Good Night, Good Luck did win some Oscars, and that is that is a that is a valuable thing to people in Hollywood, mm-hmm. or regardless of. It box may office. have won a couple Oscars, but I would say that the the mass of critical judgment on Good Night, Good Luck, it is it is a pretentious piece of crap. And in his acting, he has been in one successful movie in the last 16 years. Yeah. Alec Baldwin famously said that if you have a hit, you then get like a six-year all-access pass to Hollywood where you can make anything you want. And at the end of that time, if you haven't made another hit, you just get cast out into the darkness, um, which is basically what happened to him. He became a character actor because all of his attempts after Hunt for Red October to be a movie star failed. George Clooney is not a movie star anymore. He's a famous person. He's a celebrity, but he is no longer a movie star. And I, you know, it it is almost as if Hollywood isn't interested in making money by continuing to hand him things. I mean, look, I'm sorry, Patty Jenkins couldn't have directed this movie. I uh, what oh, I would, what I would say. You see what I did there? Yeah, You've got a lot going on in there. I yeah, don't even know where to begin. There's uh, I, the the one thing I would say. Is you're right about George Clooney. He's not an, he's not a movie star in the sense that he doesn't open movies on his own. Outside of the Oceans films, which mm-hmm. are kind of built on mm-hmm. the backs of several different celebrities at once. I mean, I, I don't know that the Oceans films succeed without Brad Pitt and Matt Damon in addition to George Clooney. Um, outside of those movies, he is not a draw. He's not, he's not somebody that people are interested in going to see at movies. Um, and his directorial uh, efforts have all been... It, bet- somewhere between bad and very bad, I would say. Like, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is kind of interesting. There are some interesting things going on in it. Um, Leatherheads? But Leatherheads is is this awful... Ides of March? Ides of March. I kind, I kind of, of like I liked, Ides I of March. Kind of liked it I, don't, I don't love it, but I, I do I do like it, and I do think that Ryan Gosling is very good yeah. at yeah. it, yeah. Uh, yeah. to come back to him. I but, I but, yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I look, I think here's... He, George Clooney has charisma. And I think that that charisma translates both on screen and in person. And he can go into any studio he wants and get a check for ten or twenty million dollars to make a movie. And I do think that look, I like, I'm not actually opposed to that sort of business model. I think that that is, that is fine. I just wish that better movies were the result of it. Yeah, I, I mean, JBL. it's fine. I'm, I'm sure there are some set designers 
or Foley artists who have ideas for movies who could use a $20 million check to make a movie, but they don't get to make them, yeah. even if they're yeah. really, really good and the best in, in right. their side. It's because, you know, George Clooney put them on magazine covers. Put them on it doesn't matter covers. that he is exactly as much of a commercial draw as the Foley artist. It is actually fascinating. So I, I remember I in my, my review of Suburbicon, I kind of let off of this. Which anic- is, excuse me, sensational. Thank you. Everyone should... If it was in show notes, you should read it. Let but, me, what, but, or you can yeah. just Google my name and Sir Ribicon. Can I just say this also? I, I actually edited Sonny's Did piece. You? And there's one of my great pet peeves of all time as an editor, and I've been doing this for 20 years, is the paragraph-long sentence where it's a paragraph. But if you read it carefully, it's just one long sentence. And that's just ridiculous. And I said, break it up. you got to chop it up. Come on. I'm running out of breath reading this sentence, even in my brain. But I looked at Sonny's, and he had a paragraph-long sentence. And I said, this is one of those few exceptions where I can't touch it. It's... It, it was, is a good not one. to blow smoke up there, but yeah, I'm just saying, is, you know, it's it an was amazing. A, it's amazing. Like, it, like you people could pull off the one paragraph sentence, and I'm not saying you. I'm not trying to encourage you I to don't, do more I, of it. No, I don't. Uh, you'll notice I never, I never have stuff like that because it's showy and no, pretentious. Right, and right, but right. like but this it, is how it, I felt it, about it the worked, movie. It was weird. Uh, but like one of the one of the I, I let off that review with a story about how George Clooney and Matt Damon were on. You know they're they're on the the PA tour right now doing press trying to support or they were anyway they're not anymore because nobody's going to see this movie and nobody will uh, and of course they're asked about Harvey Weinstein and you know like, like the interesting thing about how could they know? Hollywood nobody is, knew right is that everyone knew no, nobody that, knew is that George Clooney whose directorial he was such a debut lamb in person George Clooney's directorial debut uh, executive produced by Harvey Weinstein. Matt he barely knew. He was just some guy who was credited on the film. Matt Damon's Oscar-winning uh, writing job on Goodwill Hunting, executive produced by Harvey Weinstein. He, look, he met him at one party once. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. They would never have any. But this is so. This is if you are if you are a normal, average Joe American, you're just out there going to the movies and you're seeing all these films about how the suburbs are terrible, American God, Beauty. Uh, you know, Disturbia, uh, uh, Pleasantville. Oh, you know, I all remember. these, all these movies about how yeah. just the conformity and there's this yeah. sickness underneath it. Maybe it's a giant effing case of projection. You know, maybe, maybe Hollywood thinks that the rest of the country is covering up for the sickness right below the surface because of people like Harvey Weinstein or say Kevin Spacey or say hundreds of other people you could name in this space. You know, I'm I like. There's a reason that movies like this fail, and I think it's because, look, I don't want to make a big grand statement about the the state of Hollywood and and what audiences want from it, but maybe we're kind of tired of this sort of thing. Uh, and the obvious you. and the yes. obvious hypocrisy of it all. I'm Thank sorry. you. I'm, that yeah. was great. I, I, it was so great to have Andy Rooney in our office, in our studio here for his little 60, min, 60 minutes You know what segment. grinds my gears? No, it's, I, agree, I agree with that 100%. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about Smug Hollywood. Did you have a favorite little pet peeve Smug Hollywood movie you want to talk about? I do, and I think Jonathan had one in mind as well. Something Nick, that go, just dropped. You go first. Okay, then. all right. Here's one that I actually technically like on technical grant, right? Technically, it's, it's great to watch. But when you get down to it, hold on. Let me guess. It'll beat you over the head. Let me guess. Mm-hmm. The player. Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I, I like the player too. Uh, the American president. 
and I love Dave. And I said, oh, the American president's great. You know, great performances. Michael Douglas, who doesn't like Michael Douglas? Wait, you prefer the American president to Dave? No, 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 no. I love Dave. So going into it, I thought, oh, okay, this is great. And I know it's Rob Reiner. That's fine. I, you know, politics, whatever. Aaron Sorkin wrote it, right? And then it proceeds to beat you over the head. This is 1995. Who is the villain in the American president? It's, is it the NRA? No. No. Richard Dreyfuss, who plays... Bob Rumson, the Republican from Kansas in 1995. Gee, who might that be? Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like, remember when Bob Dole was evil? Remember when Bob Dole was like, that's that's the bad guy is Bob Dole. You the know? worst. And, the most dangerous man yes. in the history of the Republic. Right. No, absolutely. And he went. And, and, and then you had Michael Chase. Until Bob. the next one. Exactly. Right. Well, well that's exactly right. Right up to Mitt Romney. And, um, but there's a line. So they're having this debate in the Oval Office about, you know, the president, you need to say something. And Michael J. Fox is like the Stephanopoulos character and saying, you need to get out there. And the people are willing to, dr- you know, drink water. And it's a mirage. And even if it's sand, they'll drink it because, you know, it's the only thing they got. And then I, I got I copied and pasted this uh, line of dialogue from Andrew Shepard, Michael Douglas, and he responds to Lewis, who is Michael J. Fox. He goes, Lewis, we've had presidents who were beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. <laughs> I don't even know what's happening, but you're supposed to think, yes, yeah, I'm voting need- for that guy. Uh- in the world, in the in the world of in the world of George Stephanopoulos mock-ups on in movies, the Michael J. Fox one is good, but the I Martin Short one, yes, Martin, Martin Short, Short in, in Mars, Mars Attacks ass. is m- the all-time best. The hair is on unca- really good. The hair it is just is. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very good. Uh, JVL, you know I, I have a special place in my heart, hate-wise. Whatever the whatever the version of special place in your heart for things you hate, uh, for Hollywood writing about themselves, so yes. Hollywood movies about Hollywood that are they're humble brags, right? They're satirical, but yeah. but not really. Yeah. And you know, like burn Hollywood, burn because you know what really matters the movies, the movies, <laughs> right? You can like we could save the world if we would just love one another more and love the movies. So Burn Hollywood Burned this terrible cannonball run movie uh, directed by Arthur Hiller who it's a movie about Alan Smithy. Do people know this? Alan right. Smithy. So if you the director's guild rules, if you get your name taken off a picture as the director, it gets credited as Alan Smithy. So Burn Hollywood Burn is about an Alan Smithy movie. It is directed by Arthur Hiller, and then Arthur Hiller got into a fight with the studio about the movie after the fact, and in fact took his name off of it, and it became actually directed by an Alan Smithy. All of which led to the DGA killing the Alan Smithy pseudonym. So you can't have that anymore. And that is like The Player and like Somewhere, the Sofia Coppola, the precious little Sofia Coppola 2010 movie about being at the Chateau Marmont. It's just, you know, like we it's Hollywood and it's on we and these people are terrible. But they're not that terrible. And they're you know, kind of endearing and charming. And, but they're so uh, hardworking. I, I, and they just love the craft. Just, I, man, I hate. In the same way that I hate journalism pieces about journalists, like those, like to yeah. my mind, like yeah. writing writers writing about writing and writing about it is like the worst, most boring form of journalism. That's not that's not true. And Night Shyamalan is looking for the great writer in that movie. Oh, uh, Lady that, in the Water. Yeah, right? I know, that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just I hate it. 
I hate it with a fire of a thousand suns. Yeah, the the one exception being State and Maine. State and Maine is, with is David Mamet, yeah, which is Bamet. not humble bragging. It's no. like an actual satire. Yeah, uh, and and it's what, what what's the most recent one that happened in Boston for the uh, the, ca- the the archdiocese and the the child spotlight? Yes, I thought I actually thought that was a good movie. Yeah, but well, but that's a that's, that's a Hollywood more, movie about mm-hmm. about journalism, which is different than a Hollywood movie about uh, Hollywood, Hollywood or a journalism piece about journalism. Sunny, what do you hate? I think you have heard what I hate. <laughs> I, would like I, I feel like more. I, I feel like I did a solid ten minutes of my hates. Um, no, I, I look. I just I actually don't even hate the idea of critiquing the suburbs. I think the Cohen brothers have made a like giant career out of making fun of the kind of foibles and 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 sensibilities of of you know what ha- what happens there from raising Arizona on through you know all the way up through I don't know. Uh, you know what? Oh, actually, I'm sorry. You know what's a good movie about Hollywood that isn't that isn't terrible? Hail Caesar. Oh yeah, I Hail agree. Caesar's actually. You should watch it. You and watch it's funny because it does have George Clooney, but George Clooney being bad. Well, this is so. Yeah. You know, one of the things I I hate about uh, George Clooney is he always mugs for the camera in Coen Brothers movies. They don't. I don't think they quite know how to control him in in the way that they control the rest of their actors. Like I can't watch. Uh, what's the What's the bluegrass one? Oh, oh, brother, yeah, where are oh, brother, where are there? I, I just I can't mugging. watch that movie. I hate it. I hate his stupid face in it. Um, and Hail Caesar works because he is not in a lot of it. And when he is in it, he's playing a stupid actor who thinks he knows more than he does. And it's it's actually like kind it's of like perfect. Matt Damon and in Interstellar. <laughs> uh, yes, no. I mean, it is very much like casting him yeah. as Doctor Man. Yeah. In anyway, and then Josh Brolin bitch slaps him. Yes, <laughs> he had to do his job. <laughs> You have worth because the work has. You would actually, re- as a uh, it, it yeah. as a Catholic piece of cinema, mm-hmm. uh, it is actually very fascinating and interesting. You should definitely see it. Okay, you yeah. should see it. Yeah. You, will you will like that. it. Right both after of us, both of us, things. both of us would recommend that. Anyway, okay. Well, um, do we have any other uh, sort of uh, corrections, additions, or other thoughts? Things we might have forgotten? Mistakes? I have one thought. Yes. Uh, preparing for this. Preparing for this episode, which I clearly spent minutes doing, uh, I stumbled upon the original theatrical trailer for L.A. Confidential. Oh. And this is another case in what you were just talking about with Drive and selling movies as movies they are not. L.A. Confidential, one of my favorite movies of the last 20 years. It's amazing. I don't know if you remember the trailer. But it is a voice of God doing in a world where three cops who couldn't be more different have to come together to solve one big case. It it is unfathomably bad as a piece of cinematic Hmm. trailer art. Um, And this came in a moment. I actually wrote a piece about this like 10 years ago for the Wall Street Journal. We are now in a golden age of movie trailers having emerged from basically the dark ages of movie trailers in the nineties and early, early two thousands where you can take a movie like Pearl Harbor, which is a terrible, terrible movie and create an unbelievably wonderful two and a half minute version of it Mm -hmm. for the trailer. But back in the dark ages, you could take an amazing movie like LA Confidential and cut it into a horrible two minute and yeah. twenty second trailer. Well, I mean, it, it so. really is. It really is just kind of rely. The reason trailers are better now is because they are kind of treated like we treat screenplays now. Like if you put voiceover in a trailer, people are going to be like, mm, "Something's wrong." 
I, something's it's, wrong it's, it's with this. Absolutely right. We should be. We, yes, the voiceover. It is amazing to me that it took like forty years for Hollywood to understand that if you have to give the voiceover in the trailer, then you're failing uh, to, mm-hmm. to tell the story of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I have. Uh, I don't think I have anything. Uh, Spirit of the week is Wasman's single malt whiskey. So it is not trying to be bourbon. It's trying to be more like a scotch. It's a gift actually from uh, brother-in-law Bill Dwyer. Uh, and what does he do for a living? Well, he is a fire marshal and uh, a captain uh, in Arlington County. And he- Wait, so, does he look at the fires or does he fight them? He's like Robert De Niro's character in Backdraft. He comes after now. He used to be there during, and now he comes after to figure out is something arson or whatever. Also, but he has to do the annoying uh, sort of, uh, you know, hey, bar people, you have too many people in your bar. You know, you got to, you know, it's because, you know how they say, but what are the fire? There's always a plaque, and they actually go check. And he says usually they go out, you know, somewhere on Clarendon Boulevard, and there's, it's like 2 a.m. There's a long line, and it's they're all drunk, you know. Fight's breaking out, but also women love the fireman. I'm just going to say that. Oh, can I wear your hat? You know, the whole thing. And the copy editors. Is that- and they love copy oh, editors. Man. Can I see you your must. red pen? So well, it's you- not a pen. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's a little late for that. Sorry. Red. I uh, just, you know, come on. It's red. 56 minutes in. I'm just, uh, just moving on here. All right, this let's episode, go. Let's all right, close come on, this come out. On. That's a yes, terrible okay, show. Okay, great. Uh, Spear of the Week was that. Uh, that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victoria Mattis at Sunny Bunch. At, at JV Last. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play. Just type in Substandard under Podcast, and we're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Don't forget. Ah, forget about the Substandard show notes. Until next time. This is an iconic picture. Come on. Uh-huh. Head they, on the microphone. You know what? And you know what the caption is? One year of substandard. That's the that's the uh, caption. So I guess we have the answer to our question of how long the show could go on before. <laughs> we have nothing to we talk have about. We have nothing to we talk have about. We have nothing and to no talk about. And no interest in continuing to do yeah, it. That's uh, one year. The answer is 50 episodes. Yeah. Yeah, well. 50. Yeah, is this number 50? This, this is, is number 50. 50. Yeah. We've been doing it for 50. one calendar year. We missed yes. a couple episodes. That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, and uh, I don't know. The only thing I feel like we haven't done yet is maybe a sort of a, a John Hughes. Can we do a clip show? I would do a clip show would be great. We, do a clip we should, show would we should be do a great. fake clip show where we come in and we just like do bits. Yes. That so we've Gabe, Gabe, to do. Gabe Rossman yes. uh, has written a program to go through and find all of the Gene bits. And stitched them together for a show that's all Gene, <laughs> an all Gene show. I have not heard about this, really. Yeah. Oh my so that I don't have to like go and do it myself. Oh, that's, oh, well, that's good. Thank you. Thank oh, yeah. you. Well, I'm sure that'll be fine. <laughs>